This is the Navigating Adult ADHD podcast, here to help you navigate and thrive with ADHD in adulthood. I'm your host, Zena, and I was diagnosed at age 36. As with many ADHDers, I have a rebellious and non-conformist style. And that means that there will likely be swearing in the coming episode. Please be mindful of any little people. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Navigating Adult ADHD podcast. So today we're going to be talking about masking, masking our ADHD. We're going to talk about what that is, what it looks like, some of the consequences of masking our ADHD and how to unmask it. Okay. Now, if you, like me, were diagnosed as an adult, then chances are you've been masking your whole life. So ADHD experts recognize that masking, which is also known as camouflaging, is very common amongst individuals with ADHD. It is not exclusively for ADHD. Other neurodivergent uh, people in the community do that. But very, very common for those of us with ADHD, especially women. So it is our conscious or unconscious efforts to hide or compensate for any ADHD related challenges by basically adopting coping mechanisms or strategies or behaviors, certain things that we will do or say to try and fit within societal norms or expectations. So basically this is how I see it it is masking is our way of trying to act neurotypical so that is what we do when we're masking we're trying to pretend to be neurotypical to fit into this world more so designed for or created for neurotypical people okay So I'm going to start out by reading a few examples from the online magazine Additude.com, A-D-D-Itude.com. I'm going to link it in the show notes because this article, I looked up an article on masking and it was really, really helpful and very relatable when I was doing my research for this episode. And also that online magazine in general is really awesome with all things ADHD. So I'm going to link to it in the show notes below this episode for you. Okay. So here are some of the examples that they gave. I appear very organized to the outside world, but only because I spend an immense amount of time and energy putting everything together. Another one is my house is an embarrassing cluttered mess. I don't let people come over and all of the pictures that I take inside of my house are very carefully staged and cropped to hide the clutter. I hate being late and I struggle to get to events on time. So if I know I'm going to be late, I sometimes cancel and don't go to that event altogether to avoid any comments about my tardiness. I try to keep my arms folded in front of me to avoid fidgeting, but I'm always changing my body positions. I relate to that one. I still like I I don't necessarily sit on my hands or anything. I now have fidget items with me and I prepare accordingly and I tell people it makes for actually a great conversation starter. But I used to really try hard to almost sit on my hands or I'd shove them in between my legs, between my thighs and kind of hold them together 
But then I started to notice I was always moving around in my chair, changing my position. Another example, I rely a lot on guesswork to avoid having others repeat themselves. So those are a few examples of the painstaking efforts that we as ADHDers can go to to camouflage or hide our symptoms and to kind of conceal just how much this condition, having ADHD, can impair our functioning. So this masking is in an effort to conform to neurotypical standards and to avoid any perceived shame or stigma that we might have with regards to having ADHD. Now, it can definitely start off as a very useful coping strategy. And, you know, this is a form of self-protection ultimately, especially when, you know, we, most of us will start doing this from a very young age. It is a coping strategy. But over time, it often becomes very hard to maintain. It can also prevent us from sharing who we really are with people. And it also proves to have you know, a much less effective, um, I, don't, I can't think of the word, how, how ADHD of me. It proves to be much less effective in social situations when we're masking like that. Okay, and work situations too. Now, girls and women with ADHD, we are more likely than boys and men to develop behaviors that mask our ADHD, which really does explain why more men and, you know, young boys receive their diagnosis. And when we as women are masking, and sometimes we have no idea we're doing that, right? Very often we don't realize we're doing that, but when we're masking our symptoms, it is so much harder for professionals to be able to diagnose us. Diagnose us. <laughs> I merge those words together. So why is it different for girls and women? So as we are raised, girls I'm talking about, as we are raised, we're raised to be polite, to, you know, not make a fuss, to take care of others, to be air quotes, good girls who, you know, don't make waves, don't upset the apple cart. We get labeled as things like too sensitive, too dramatic, too loud, aka too much. And so we learn to compensate. We try to be who we think we're supposed to be in order to fit into society's mold. Now, there is a fantastic book by Rishma Saljani called Brave Not Perfect. Now, I read this years ago, and I'm going to do my best to paraphrase a few, a few of the bits that st stood out in my mind. But in that book, she talks about how girls are raised to be perfect, whereas boys are very much raised to be brave. And how even when this is unintentional in our upbringing from our, our parents or those in our community who raise us, it is still so often implied and it's implied through a societal lens. So that's the TV shows that we watch, the magazines that we grow up reading, all of the various forms of media. We see girls playing with Barbie dolls and dressing up as princesses. We see, you know, boys playing in the dirt with diggers and getting dirty. One example that I remember her giving in that book was how boys are very much raised to climb trees, to fall out, you know, to, to kind of rough and tumble, get dirty, 
and, you know, brush it off and go again. And they're very much encouraged to do that from their parents. It's very much, you know, considered a normal part of just being a boy. Whereas for us as females, as girls, little girls, we are the ones, you know, who are raised to be playing with dolls and, you know, to be looking nice and pretty and, you know, we're we're kind of raised to be concerned about our appearance and for those of us, for, for those of us females with ADHD, we're the ones who want to climb the trees. We're the ones who, you know, want to do all of those things that the boys are doing. We were the rebels and the tomboys. And even if we had parents who didn't stop us, like mine, mine didn't stop me from climbing trees. And I rode around on like a four wheel quad bike growing up. And, you know, I was doing all of those things. I was getting dirty all the time. But still, we absorb those messages and then we play with the girls at school who behave a little bit differently and therefore we learn to mask and to kind of stuff ourselves inside to fit that societal idea of who we're supposed to be. So what does it look like to mask? Here are a few other ways that it shows up. It's telling people what they want to hear. It's mirroring, right? Mirroring their behavior, their words. Just yesterday, I went for a coffee with somebody who I'd only met briefly once before. And we were sitting there and she was quite loud and she was moving around a lot. She's a fellow ADHD, moving around a lot in her chair. And I noticed myself doing the same thing. I raised my voice and I was being loud and I was moving around a lot. But not necessarily because that's who I am and what I do, but because I noticed I was trying to sort of mirror her behavior and her body language. And when I noticed it, I thought, wow, like this is something that still is so ingrained in me from growing up that sometimes my brain just takes over and starts doing it. And I don't even realize I'm doing it until midway through, sometimes even after. And that's my opportunity to say to myself hey it's safe just to be you and to kind of relax back into me which we're going to talk about in a minute but I just wanted to share that because it just shows you that no matter how much you know you actively work to unmask some of these things are such ingrained behaviors that sometimes you're going to keep doing them I've been doing this work for years and still there are times when I find myself you know just like I did yesterday in it again All right, the next one here on my list of what it can look like is people-pleasing. That is such a big one, especially for girls and women, people-pleasing. Following the rules, right, so as not to make waves. Staying quiet. Blending in or hiding. And sometimes we get so good at being who we think we're supposed to be that we don't even know who we are anymore. And that was me a number of years ago. I had no idea who I was and what I liked. I would just go along with what everyone else liked and did and dressed in and, you know, brought. I was just kind of going along with them all. But like wearing a dress that's two sizes too small, (laughs) if you can imagine that, it never feels good. It doesn't feel right. It's uncomfortable. It's almost like you're suffocating. That is what it feels like when we just continue masking over and over again. So let's talk about the impact and the consequences of ADHD masking. So 
Ideally, when we're masking, we think it's going to allow us to feel more confident and in control of our symptoms. But unfortunately, the strategy kind of has the reverse effect of that, right? A person who is constantly masking, as I said before, can lose their sense of self. It also, it can, you know, impact their ability to get diagnosed, whether it be with ADHD or, you know, getting support for anxiety or depression or something else. When we're masking, it is so much harder for us to get that correct help. It can also sabotage our social skills. It can prevent, like I said, accurate diagnosis, reduce self-esteem and lead to burnout as well. When we're working so hard to keep up appearances or (laughs) my last name is Jones. So this is funny, but keep up with the Joneses, right? (laughs) It can also interfere with our ability to accept the brain we have, to accept our ADHD diagnosis, and then take pride in our strengths and, you know, lean more on what does work for us. It can really interfere with us doing that when we're so busy masking. Now, if you were to imagine wearing a mask on your face and pretending to be someone that you aren't every time, say, you leave the house, every single time you leave the house, you put this mask on and you're pretending, it would be exhausting. It would be such hard work. And you would probably begin to really struggle with knowing who you really are, what you really want, you know, what it is that you want to work on or change or do or achieve in your life. Like, and sometimes that's, that's kind of where you got to (laughs) start with getting to know who you are again underneath the mask. And we do that by creating safety, safety to know who you are without that mask. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Masking takes so much energy, right? So much energy and effort. And as a result, as I said, it can be exhausting. It can lead to burnout. So in the words of Brene Brown, huge fan of Brene's work, it's time to let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. So how do we unmask our ADHD? Before I give you the three steps that I teach my clients, I want to say, please be compassionate with yourself, okay? Masking our ADHD has been and is a form of self-protection. And you have probably been doing this for a long time. Therefore, it has become your normal. It has just become what you do, okay? So again, You've kind of had your own best intentions at heart (laughs) without realizing. So therefore, offer yourself compassion and offer yourself the, the kindness that you deserve here. Okay, just want to put that little stipulation in before I give you these three steps. So the three steps for unmasking ADHD is number one, identify where you're doing this. Pay attention to yourself, especially in social situations and environments that involve others, whether that be in, you know, at work, in a cafe, um, you know, family events where all of the family get together, when you meet new people, go to a networking event, that kind of a thing. Pay attention. So awareness is 
always the first step in change. Always, always, always. Okay, so that awareness, that identifying of where you're doing this is very powerful information. Okay, so think about like, what are you worried that people might learn about you or discover? And how are you trying to keep up appearances? As I said before, how, how are you trying to keep up with the Joneses? I don't know where that saying comes from. But anyway, <laughs> how are you trying to keep up appearances? All right, that's step one. Step two is to spend more time with your safe people and to pay attention to your inner dialogue and self-talk when you're around those people. So why do you feel safe and comfortable around them? What are you thinking about them and about yourself when you're in their presence? In order to remove the mask and change some of these behaviors, we've got to feel safe to do so. And we get to create that safety for ourselves. Okay, safety is huge here. Think about you know, whether it's your best friend or perhaps it's your partner, like picture somebody who you are so comfortable to be around that you would wear your, you know, your dressing gown and your sweatpants and you would have messy hair, you know, no makeup on, all of that. Just be really casual. And that person that they don't care about that. They're just so stoked to be in your presence. They're just so so happy to be around you. They don't care about any of that. Like that is the kind of safety that we want to create when it comes to unmasking. Now, ADHD support groups online are another, you know, wonderful place to hang out and, you know, normalize your experiences and, you know, find other like-minded people. So ultimately, we want to create more safety to be ourselves and embrace all of our ADHD-ness. So as I said, creating this safety is an inside job and it begins, it begins with the thoughts that we have about ourselves and the people we are with or the environments that we are in. Okay, what we think determines how we feel. Now, that brings me to number three, which is be intentional with your self-talk when choosing to unmask. So once you've got that awareness and you've identified where, how, when you mask, then once you know who your safe people are and what you think and feel in their presence, it's time to put that into practice when you're out and about. And that starts with deciding what you want to think about yourself when you begin to unmask. So one of my favorite go-to thoughts for me is it is safe to be me. So I remind myself of that when I'm in social situations all the time because for me when I'm in a social situation especially with people I haven't met before primarily with people I haven't met before that is when I notice the tendency for me to to want to mask or for that to be my go-to sort of thing that I do. So I remind myself in my brain with my self-talk, I tell myself, hey, it is safe for me to be me. And sometimes I just simplify that to I am safe. When my brain goes to, you know, freaking out about what somebody might think or how I shouldn't have said or did that, 
I remind myself in my brain, (laughs) it is safe. I am safe and it's safe to be me. I also love to remind myself that my closest people, my, you know, my most favoriteest humans who I feel the most at home with, they love me for being me. The unmasked version of me is who they love and enjoy being around. And so the more I am that version of me around other people, the more likely I am to find more of my own tribe, more people to bring into my surroundings. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. All right. So I just want to run through those three steps real quick. So number one was identify where you are masking. Okay, awareness is that first step. Number two, spend more time with your safe people and really pay attention to your inner dialogue. Think about think about what you're thinking about. Isn't that matter? Yes. Why is it that you feel safe and comfortable around them? What are you thinking about yourself and them? All right, remember, safety is huge. And number three is be intentional with your self-talk when you choose to unmask and even decide ahead of time what you want to remind your brain to think about you in those situations when you're choosing to unmask okay and don't forget self-compassion okay have compassion for yourself because this has been a self-protection mechanism for a long time it is probably a very ingrained habit just like brushing your teeth Okay. Lastly, my friend, if you would like my support to navigate and thrive with your ADHD, then visit my website, xenajones.com and book in for a free consultation. Huge love to you all. I'll see you all next week. Hey friend, I know exactly what it's like to feel frustrated and confused with your ADHD and to wish that you could better understand what the hell is going on in your brain. And that's exactly why I created my coaching program, Thriving with ADHD. Inside Thriving with ADHD, you learn a step-by-step process to set and finally achieve your goals, to understand yourself and your ADHD. It's where you learn to feel better and manage your emotions and create systems and processes that work for you with your ADHD brain. This is designed for you to learn how to thrive with ADHD so you can create the life that you were meant to live. Visit xenajones.com slash ADHD to learn more and book a consultation.